Chris Miles was able to retire twice by the time he was 39 years old. But he's not content to just enjoy his own financial freedom and peace of mind. Chris wants you to have your own ripple effect so you can live free today. He's not the financial advisor you expected. He's the anti-financial advisor you deserve. He's jumping behind the mic right now, ready to make waves. Here's Chris Miles. Hello, my fellow Ripplers. This is Chris Miles, your cash flow expert and anti-financial advisor. Welcome you out to a wonderful show that's for you and about you. Those of you that work so hard for your money, but you want your money to start working harder for you right now. You want that freedom, cash flow, and prosperity today, not 30 or 40 years from now, if you're lucky, but you want that freedom today. So you live that life that you love with those you love doing what you love. But most importantly, guys, it's about living a life of meaning and impact by creating a ripple effect because as you're blessed financially, you can be able to bless more lives and create greater impact. Guys, I'm so excited to be able to create that ripple effect through you. Thank you for allowing me to teach that you guys are binging and sharing and doing all kinds of awesome stuff. Again, I cannot stress enough that the best way to learn this is to really teach it, teach it to others, share it, have great discussions. Because here's the thing, guys, if you want to live an extraordinary life, you cannot keep doing ordinary habits. What do I mean by that? You know, and I know I'm just jumping right into the show, but here's the thing is that you can't keep doing the ordinary and expecting extraordinary results. You can't expect to keep funding a 401k or mutual funds and expect to become financially free when others are not. You can't expect to keep doing the same old nine to five and getting something that's extraordinarily higher. You can't expect to think everybody else thinks. You cannot accept the consensus and the mainstream and the majority because the majority in the mainstream are broke. They are living paycheck to paycheck. And those are even the ones that are making great money and even have money to put into savings. Yet, they still lack one thing, which is passive income and significantly enough passive income so that they work because they want to, not because they have to. Guys, this is why I'm doing this show is that you guys can live a better life to have extraordinary results doing extraordinary things. And so for those of you that are independent thinkers, you're not thinking like the majority of the consensus, welcome to our show. Those of you that have been thinking like the consensus, a majority, and you're, you've been a Dave Ramsey fan or you've been the fans of, of uh, everybody else out there or financial advisors, welcome. We're here to get you to be independent thinkers, to think differently and get better results than the others are getting. Now, as a reminder, you can always check out our website, moneyripples.com, and go subscribe to our YouTube channel, the Money Ripples with Chris Miles page. Go check that out. Hey, guys, quick shout out to our sponsor, American Homeowner Preservation. Hey, guys, if you want to make a great rate of return with little money out of pocket, even as little as 100 bucks, and do it while helping other people as well, check these guys out. The website's fundingahp.com. The way they do it, they crowdfund money, people's money together to go and help essentially become the bank. They buy people's mortgages that are defaulting, people that are late on their mortgages. They help them refinance, stay in their home, and or sell their home so that they can be in a better financial position. And the cool thing is, is that they pay awesome returns and they pay it monthly. And like I said, you can invest with as little as 100 bucks. So check them out. Websites, fundingahp.com. That's F-U-N-D-I-N-G-A-H-P.com. Check them out. All right, guys. So I want to continue on this discussion, what I just opened with here. I know that was like kind of a long opening, but that's really the intro for this conversation is, what do we do when stocks are hitting their all-time highs, right? Like, how do you keep investing? What are the things you can actually keep doing? And should we stay in the market or not? Now, I'm just going to tell you flat out right off the bat, 
We are not giving investment advice. I am not telling you to cash out your stocks. I'm not telling you to cash out your mutual funds, 401ks or IRAs or any of that nature. What I am trying to do is educate you and let you know as a voice of warning is that what we're seeing right now is pretty extraordinary. And this could be an extraordinary opportunity for you, or it could be something that could create future pain. And, uh, and that's the thing I want to avoid, right? Because let's be honest, the stock market is hitting all-time highs. It's been hitting all-time highs for 12, well, okay, not for 12 years, really the last five to six years after it recovered from Y2K and the Great Recession. Remember, it took 15 years for the market to come back where it was. And for most people, actually, it was a little less than that, but for most people's mutual funds and retirement accounts, because they had fees coming out, most of them didn't start telling me, hey, I finally have what I actually invested in 2000, now in like 2015, 2016. Now we've seen amazing results. We've seen the last 12 years be up. And I'm going to talk about historically, what are the real returns? Because there's a lot of lies out there telling you that the market returns X percent. I can guarantee if it hasn't been happening already, you're probably going to start hearing financial advisors saying the market does 12% or 11%. Even if they say 10%, I mean, that's being them, they say I'm being conservative, but that's not even conservative. Uh, the truth is that the, the returns just depend on what time frame you're looking at. You know, I was looking back over the decades and I'll show you this chart for those of you watching the video. I'll show you this chart at the very end, right? Now we saw like after World War II, things started to recover. In fact, the 50s boomed. The 50s stock market quadrupled. Now this is before 401ks and typical plans. This is just the stock market with typical investors investing there. So we didn't have all the AI stuff that's going on today. By the way, just so you know, the market when it goes up or down has very little to do with you. It actually has almost everything to do with AI programs doing all the buying and selling for people. These are not people doing the investing and the trading right now. It's all robots, guys. It's all programs, computer programs doing this work. So again, about 90% of what you're seeing out there is more AI-related type trades. So anyways, 50s boomed. And then get this, the 60s and through the 70s. So those two decades, the stock market only returned roughly about 80%. 80% total over 20 years. Is it no wonder why maybe like some of your grandparents were saying, why would you invest in the stock market? It's horrible. Because if they grew up, if they were adults during that period of time, the 60s and 70s, they'd say, stock market is dumb. But lo and behold, the 80s comes into play. Reagan gets into office. They start doing some things with monetary policy. Um, interesting thing is even when they took the gold off the gold standard, market didn't recover. The market didn't really do anything. It stayed flat uh, pretty much the whole decade of the 70s. Kind of similar to what we saw 10 plus years ago a little bit. So anyways, they uh, so they were pretty flat. But also in the 80s, just we saw about triple, quadruple. 90s did the same thing. And then bam, it makes a reckoning. And then the 2000s, 2000 to 2010, the market actually went down over that 10-year period. Now, what are we seeing now? Again, more than quadrupled over the last decade, more than quadrupled. Now, let me give you some returns. So let's just say that going from right now, now this is July 5th of 2021. So I took basically beginning of July or right around the same date of each year or each decade. I started looking at all the different things. And I want to kind of share with you, like what would happen if you've been investing for the last 20, 30, even 40 years? What was your real average rate of return? How I get these returns is very simple. I find a stock chart, just like I go on like Who Finance, for example, find the SP 500 chart. I take it point to point. So I just take what was that? Uh, what was the S&P 500 on this day? And then I take it to today and I put that into an interest calculator to figure out what the actual return is. Understand that average and actuals don't work. Uh, let me review. 
for those of you that have probably heard this example before, if you have $100,000 in the stock market, the market loses 50%, you're now down to 50,000 bucks. Well, what percentage or what interest rate do you need to make on that 50,000 to get back up to 100,000? Now, most people, including us as financial advisors, this happened to us actually when I was a few years in, uh, all of us answered 50%. But here's the problem. When $50,000, now it's cut in half, right? Makes 50%, it only makes 25,000, only getting up to 75,000. But the truth is that 50,000 to get up to 100,000 needs to make 100%. So as a result, what happens is that, yes, you lost half, but let's say that next year you did double your money. So you're back up to 100,000 your return is net zero. And in fact, if they took out their fees, you might even have a little less than 100,000. You might have 96 to 98,000, but it's not a 0%. That's a 0% actual yield. This is the average return I'm talking about is the actual average yield. The return they're going to show you and quote you is going to be based on average returns, which just uses mathematics saying, all right, you had one year that was negative 50. You had another year that was positive 100. So what's 100 minus 50 is 50. Divided by two years gives you an average return of 25% a year. Now, I know for some of you, this is not a new concept. For some of you, this might be a new one, but just understand that when financial institutions quote their numbers, their returns on their funds, they are showing you average returns, not actual yield, which has been averaged. They're showing you the average returns because when you have negative years, it looks way better to go based on just simple average math, but that doesn't equate to real returns. Just like the example, you you maybe made 0%. You might've actually lost money after those fees, but they will still show you a positive return of 25%. This is why I had so many people telling me around 2015 saying, Chris, the fund's telling me in the last 15 years, I've made a 4% average, but I have the same amount of cash today. That's because average and actual were different. They weren't the same. So every financial institution, including financial advisors, will quote you average rates of return, not actual yield. So what I'm giving you here are actual yields because that's the number you put in the calculator that you'll be able to project on, right? If you're going to try to invest in the stock market, you want to make sure you're putting in accurate numbers, not over-promising drastically. And that's what's been happening to people. They're coming way under because they're trying to put in 10, 12% as their average return in the stock market. It's not good. Even if you put in 8%, there's still a chance that it may or may not hit those numbers. So let me go into the actual yield now. So actual yield, the last 30 years, so the SP 500 back then was 374. As of today, it's hitting an all-time high, about 43.52. That's an average return of about 8.52%. So 8.5% has been the 30-year average. Guys, I've been tracking this for a lot of years. I've been doing this for almost 20 years. That's a very high actual yield. Usually it's 7 to 8% or so. That's up there. So that's pretty dang high, especially after the, even after the 2000s and everything. It's basically recovered really well because the 2000s are now kind of going more in hindsight. It had the 90s to help with it as well as the last decade. So we've had two of the last three decades that have been booming while the other decade was crap. The 20-year average is 6.7%. So from 2001 until 2021, it's only been 6.7%. That's actually better than it was. Man, a few years ago, I was running this number. It was like at 4%. So it's coming back because we keep hitting all-time highs. 40-year average, I decided to look at that. The 40-year average was actually at about a 9%, just about a 9.2% average. So it was like 9.19. So I put it at 9.2. So just over 9% for the 40-year average because 81, I mean, the 80s was when it started to take off again. So you had the 80s, the 90s, then the 2010s, 
and now we're going into the 2020s, right? Which have been all, right, has been very big up. It was just that little 10 year period or so that we had of Y2K and the Great Recession that knocked it down. Now, here's the thing, guys, the average of the last 12 years. So many of you guys that might be millennials or just starting out, you're thinking, well, market returns are awesome and I'm getting a match on my 401k, which is a whole nother episode. Again, we've done episodes on the 401k, but we'll have to do a refresher, I'm sure, that even the match only adds two or 3% to your numbers. But in the last 12 years, the average, 14.25%. Now, it does not take a rocket scientist to know that's way above those long-term averages which is what we are. We're kind of skyrocketing into outer space here. That's not good, guys. That's not good. Here's the thing. Let me show you the stock market chart right now. I'm going to share my screen so you can see this. And I even drew a nice little trend line to kind of show you the pattern. Again, trend lines can be broken, but here's a long-term trend line that I started back in well, like 1941. <laughs> so kind of a long trend here. It's obviously been an uptrend. We know There's no doubt the stock market trends upward. I would even argue that the market kind of trends upward with inflation, maybe even the real rates of inflation, not the ones they state. But look at this trend line. It goes up. It's even hitting all the way through these 70s and 80s. You know, Then in the 90s, starts getting way high above it. And then bam, the 2000s hit. And then it comes back into balance at the end of the recession. And then boom, it just skyrockets again. So notice that we're like, actually it ended. Yeah. So it closed. looks like it closed at, yeah, 43.52 here. Don't ignore what that part says. But look where my trend line is. This is the trend line that's been following pretty steadily, you know, where it goes up above it and then it pulls back down. It just likes to bounce up the trend line. Notice it's way above it. The trend line right there should only be right about 1700. So what it's saying right now is that if it were equilibrium, the S&P should not be over 4,300. It should be more like 1700. So again, kind of like you've heard me say in other episodes where it's like two and a half times overvalued, there it is right there, two and a half times. That doesn't mean it can't keep going up because look at that. I mean, the nine, really the eighties and especially from the mid eighties on, even with the little dip barely in 1989 with the, the bond market crash. And then there's a little recession that happened in the early nineties that looked flat in when I'm looking at a month, one year chart here, but, and then it started taking off here. It started taking off in those late nineties before it pulled back. And even then after Y2K, it didn't pull all the way back. It took another recession before it pulled back to this trend line. So even if it only pulled back and say that this trend line keeps going, of course, which it does, say it pulls back and goes to the 2000, if you've got your money in the market, that means you lost over 50% in the market. My warning is this, is that it obviously, it doesn't take a math genius to know that if the average balance tends to be around maybe eight, maybe 9% if you're lucky, if it's been 14.25% for 12 years, it's probably gonna have to come back into balance again which means that there's got to be negatives to throw it back down again. Again, with all the money being pumped in the market, this could keep going. This could keep going. But you know, what if it doesn't? What if all of a sudden you're banking, you're thinking you're almost to financial freedom, and then bam, you've lost half your money. That's money that either you're going to wait possibly decades to get back up to where you should be back on track again or with what you thought you were achieving, or you're going to have to just keep plugging more money in, hoping you buy it on sale right when it goes down. That's not what I want for you guys. I don't want you guys to be do that. Again, I'm not telling you to sell out of stocks. I'm just telling you to be aware and be careful because right now everything is massively overvalued with all the money pumping in the market. It's created a bubble, just like there's been bubbles from the nineties. And then there's a tech bubble. And then there was a, a nice little real estate slash mortgage bubble right there and lending bubble. Boom. All is popped. It comes back to balance and then it comes back up again. It strengthens. 
the farther it gets from this trend line, the scarier it gets. This is why most of us are like, ah, something feels crazy. And I know a lot of you have told me the same thing. You say, Chris, like I'm in the stock market, but even I'm nervous now. Uh, I even heard, uh, I think it was uh, somebody, a a broker from, not broker, a money manager, I think from TV Ameritrade, who actually put a prediction saying that he thinks that the next 10 years of the market will only be about a five point something percent return. And that could be possible. It might bring it back down. It means if you're trying to project out eight, nine percent or 10, 12 percent, you're going to be disappointed. By the way, let me show you what that means if you did invest like that. So I, I, I figured I would take somebody who's 25 years old, you know, the 25 year old that's trying to invest for 40 years till they're 65, right? I said, what if this person's like more than max funding a 401k? Maybe they're even investing in Roth IRA on the side plus their max funding their 401k and getting the match. So they're basically investing. 30,000 a year, including from the company's money. I mean, if you're making 150,000 a year, that's 20% of your income anyways, you know, which they say it should be enough. So I ran that out saying, what if you got eight and a half percent? Like it's been the 30 year average. Well, here it is guys, 30,000 years saying you start from zero, eight and a half percent return for 40 years. You're going to have 9.6 million. Now that might sound like enough by the time you get there. And that's even with the bumps and the bruises along the way. But Here's the thing. I put in a 4% inflation rate. We've talked about this before. 4% inflation is probably low. In fact, last year it's been higher than 4%. The feds should tell you they're aiming for 2%. The truth is it's probably well over 5%. So I'm being a devil's advocate. One, I'm being devil's advocate for one, putting a high interest rate for 40 years. I think that's pretty high. I think 9.2% is very high because we had massive bubbles during those decades. We're on the the good side of that bubble versus the other side. That Again, that number wasn't as high before when we were at 40 years. If I were to run this a couple of years ago, it would not have been over 9%. So I'm running at 8.5%, no taxes. I'm not even taking into account taxes here, 4% inflation rate. Now remember, now after inflation adjustment, it gives you pretty much almost exactly $2 million. Now some would say, hey, 4% rule, right? 4% rule, I pulled that off, that's 80,000 a year of current today's lifestyle. One, that's not that great. Two, 4% rule is pretty aggressive. I don't think you should be doing more than 2 or 3%. Uh, that 4% rule, even when we were financial advisors 20 years ago, uh, even then we're like, uh, that number might be a little bit too high. You might need to be a little bit more conservative to make sure people don't run out of money, especially as we live longer and other factors come into play, especially if inflation is bigger than what people think it is. So again, even if you pull out 3%, that's 60,000 a year, guys. That's not a lot, 5,000 a month that you're trying to live on, you're like, yeah, well, hopefully I'm debt-free and this and that. Guys, you pumped in 30,000 a year to live on, if you're lucky, after inflation, after 40 years, like 60,000 a year. By the way, this looks better because 40 years is the best it gets. Because if I make knock this number down to 30 years, notice this, infl- this inflation adjusted return goes down. Now it's only 1.2 million. So now you're only living on about a 37,000 or so per year on that 3%. 37,000 is not great when you live on 30. Imagine if this was 20 years you only had to do it. Now, again, I'm starting from zero. If you're doing that, it's not good. Now, now you're like $700,000. You're going to be living on, you know, 20 some odd thousand bucks. That's not a lot, right? You need that time on your side. So you have to show 40 years. This is why, by the way, almost every financial advisor shows 40 years because the longer it goes, that compound interest helps you. And again, this is pre-tax. This is before you get taxed all this money. So guys, when you're looking at this, this just is ridiculous. By the way, if I want to make $60,000 a year, you know what I need? Typically, I need at least only six hundred dollars to $700,000, 750000 of cash right now. 
you have that money, you can actually generate passive income in real estate and other places of that kind of money. And sometimes you can do it tax advantage where you're keeping most of that money, if not all of it in taxes, depending on your tax status and things like that. So you don't need millions and millions of dollars just so that you can live on 60,000 a year or 80,000, less than a million dollars. You could probably live on 80,000 a year. You know, you can have 80,000 a year coming in a passive income. Guys, that's the big difference. So again, if you've got all-time highs in the market, good job. Hey, you did it. Okay, what's next? That's up to you. That's completely up to you. You might scale back, but you might consider you know, being more conservative, whatever you might do, you might go more aggressive. That's your choice. That's up to you. It's your money. It's your life. But I'm telling you, there are better alternatives. There are better ways to do it with less gambling, less risk, guys. That's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to get caught in this kind of bubble. I want you guys to do what's in your best interest. So anyways, guys, you know, if you've got questions, you can always reach out to us, go to our contact us page on moneyripples.com. But again, know that you are in control of your money. You're in control of your life. Don't let anybody else tell you what you need to be doing. Don't let anybody else tell you that you should be doing blank because they're the authority. And that includes me, right? I just want you guys to think for yourselves, become independent thinkers, question everything, question me, question the, the mainstream. Because again, don't be common. You want to be extraordinary. Don't keep doing the ordinary things everybody else is doing. Do something that is different, something that's extraordinary, because there is where you have that chance of success. Guys, I hope you make it a wonderful and prosperous week. Become independent thinkers. You can have an extraordinary life. Talk to you later. Visit us online at moneyripples.com for more resources to help you fix money leaks and get your money working harder for you now. Now.